Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. I am the hunt. Oh, shit, I fucked it up already. Do you want to start over? Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. And I'm Dane, the head who grabs the sun. <laughs> Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and even play some games. Today, another episode in our how-to series, uh, you may remember our how-to predator. It's been a while. We uh, we didn't have a good one, I would say. Well, there's a lot of things we could have done, but... Oh, since then? Yeah, since, since okay. Predator. We did I Predator. I believe that one was right. pretty good. I, I, yes. I, I liked that, and I liked the, um, the, the live play that we did with Nico that you yes. ran about it. That we actually, you know, we ran basically Predator, but we reskinned it for fantasy, and it was mm-hmm. cool. Um, so we say series. It might not seem like a series, because you might have forgot the last time we did it, but we did Predator. Yes. This is a thing that we think is cool. So How we- to do a cool action movie yeah. thing as a as a role-playing session. And today, we're doing Fury Road. Yes, so how to do a Fury Road-style chase adventure in your TTTRPG system. Right, in any system. This yeah. is where we're not system-specific here. No, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about the... We're Just ta- the points. Yeah, we're, we're talking the broad strokes of what makes this story mm-hmm. what makes this adventure uh and we're not going to tell you system or setting type mm-hmm. stuff there is some setting well, specific gonna stuff talk but specifically, we'll, we'll get into, so yeah. yes we're going to explain like well what fury road is if you don't know uh and then we're going to talk about some setting specific stuff uh to the story not to the system uh and then we're going to talk about the characters in fury road uh, and then just the story in general, and then of course the the climax, the big mm-hmm. the big meat, the chase, uh, the chase that is the core thing that makes up what Fury Road is. Yes. So, what is Fury Road? You might ask. Besides uh, awesome, because it most certainly is awesome. Yeah. Uh, we think of it as a redemption story. By maybe first um, we should for folks. Uh, well, here, you, you read that bullet, but first let me remind folks what Fury Road is. If you're unfamiliar, because if they're unfamiliar, they should go watch it first, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I was going to say what it, and then uh, yeah. you go first. Okay. So Fury Road is the um, fourth installment in the Mad Max universe um, and is a weird sort of like not really a sequel, not even really a content continuation. Of the other stories and a recast of like nobody comes back. But. It's a good example of a reboot. Yeah. Where there's a, here's an idea that was cool. Yeah. But it it lacked a little bit when it was made first. Yeah. So like we're gonna redo a lot of stuff, but I, we're gonna make it good. I don't think anyone who's a fan of Mad Max and I am of just like the whole thing. Including all of its like jankiness, like mm-hmm. Thunderdome is weird. The first Mad Max movie drags. Kind of a bad movie, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, they did what they could do, but like that that movie was made on no budget and it mm-hmm. seems like it seems like they made a movie of the first draft of a script. Yeah. I mean, Road Warrior was dope though. Yeah. Road Warrior I think is where they hit its stride and Fury Road is probably got the most in common with The Road Warrior than any of the Mad Max stuff. But Fury Road is on its own just a superb action movie. And, uh, well, yeah. So, what is it, and why would you want so, to do it in your role-playing The game? story of Fury Road is about desperate, haunted people running from their lives or their past, chased by dangerous enemies, and turning to confront them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's a redemption story. Yeah. And that, we think, is very rich ground... For, for tabletop role-playing. Role yes. And part of why we said, you know, we're not like, we're not saying, you know, do this in Gaslands. It has to be post-apocalyptic with it cars. It has to be the setting of Mad Max. Right. That's not true. You can have a Mad, you can have a Fury Road style adventure, adventure outside of the, like, 
you know, wasteland that is Australia after the water wars or whatever their yeah. backstory is. Definitely. So, so you do need to hit some points. Like yeah. What makes uh, Fury Road awesome is part of the setting, right? So it's a wasteland. Mm. And uh, that's that's critical. So yes. now we're now we're saying these are the things you need to do if you want to build this into an adventure. Mm. You need to set it in a wasteland. Right. And that can be, it doesn't have to be, oh, post-apocalyptic world, everywhere is a wasteland. It could be like a large stretch of your fantasy world called like the, um, I don't know, the the plane of fire or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Where it's just a fucking desert, where it's desert for miles and miles and miles and miles. Mm-hmm. That still counts as a wasteland. Right. The point is, and we've we've got a little list of things, needs to have, so barren, empty, harsh environment, little shelter and resources. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that you have with you becomes very important. And as Dane said, it is not limited to, you know, a post-apocalyptic desert. You could do this sort of adventure. Um, you could do it in the fucking tundra. Yeah. In the Arctic tundra. You could do it, um, like, beyond the wall mm-hmm. in A Song of Ice and Fire, yeah. Game of Thrones. You know, you could do a Fury Road-type adventure up there. It's winter. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's a forest, but in the winter, it's... It hits the, it hits the points. It's barren, yeah. it's empty, it's harsh. Mm-hmm. So that is... That's pretty key. Hmm. to the source material and to bringing it into the uh, the pen and paper role-playing space. Right, because it, it makes it important that... Uh, it's important that it is a wasteland because resource scarcity is a huge part of this this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in Fury Road, the villain controls all the critical resources and has a bunch of psychos following them. Right. And so whatever it is, in Fury Road, it's water. That's that's critical. the resource. Yeah, and because they have water, they can grow plants. Because they have water, that's the only place where you can, you know, like safely have babies. It's 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 empty and deadly outside of the citadel. Mm-hmm. So, the guy who controls it, super important, super powerful. A Martin Joe. And in this, he's got to be the bad guy, mm-hmm. and he's got you know an army of loyal psychos because he controls the stuff. So if you give you know, if if you are an evil despot and you control some critical resource, you give a little bit more of it to your followers, then they're going to, you know, they're going to fanatically fight for you. Mm, and that's, yes. that's critical. That needs to... Critical point. Yeah. That's directly tied to resource scarcity and it's directly tied to, like, how you're mm. going to interact with the other characters, with the bad guys in this adventure. The other important thing uh, for your uh, role-playing session is uh, the players got to be trapped, mm-hmm. right? Like, because you think about the characters of Fury Road, Max, Furiosa, uh, they want to get out of a Morton Joe's control. So because it's a wasteland, because there's resource scarcity, there's not a lot of options. They want to escape, but it's going to be tough because of the environment and the resource scarcity. Right. So it's very hard to go anywhere because, you know, you're you're under the thumb of someone who controls yes. what you need to survive. That is critical. And again, we're going to reiterate this throughout this how-to. That doesn't have to be water in a post-apocalyptic desert. It could be magic. Yeah. Magic crystals mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, it could be... It could be in space. It could be uh, air. It could, yeah, water, water and air in a in a like a space. You said adventure. water again, though. Yeah, but that's how you make, you know, like water ice is how you also uh-huh. make breathable air in a in a mm-hmm. sci-fi setting. But you get it from different places. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Anyway, so yeah, those are the key things about the setting. It's a wasteland. There's significant and critical resource scarcity. And because of those things, the players are trapped under the control of whoever the villain is going to be. Of the, the big bad. Yeah. So now, with that in place, mm-hmm. we move on to characters. And we didn't really... Uh, we didn't have this set up the same way in the Predator one. In the Predator one, it was just, you know, a party of diverse 
badasses. Yeah. And that's that's pretty that's pretty free in terms of character creation. Mm-hmm. It leaves a lot up to the player's imagination. Mm-hmm. Um regardless of the setting, you just like you make a capable right. badass who's ready to go but on a dangerous mission. For for that one they were more um it was more like uh like equipment. For, yeah. for this Fury Road one, it's more it's more roles and like backstory. Yeah. We have we have archetypes mm-hmm. that fit into this story. Right. So like the first one, uh, archetype is like the outsider. Right. The character who is trapped and unwilling to comply and then escapes, right? That's Max. Yeah. Right? He was just doing his own thing out in the desert. Out in the desert, and then oh, we're gonna steal your car. Yeah. And he brings a lot of stuff to the table. He's an outsider, so like he's unfamiliar with the with the system that he's been kept. Like he's unfamiliar with the Morton Joe's Empire. Mm-hmm. He's unfamiliar with the social political structure of that. But he brings some critical things to it. Like he comes with a car, which means you know he's a driver. He's bad. He brings skills and supplies mm-hmm. and materials to the adventure. And, and no allegiances. Like, yeah. he, he he's not aligned with any of the the three powers in Fury Road. He's not aligned with the Citadel, Gastown, or Bullet Farm. Mm-hmm. Right? He's complete He's uh, an outsider. Yeah, unknown, if you will. So like I think this this one, like a Fury Road, is a great one shot in a campaign potential. Mm-hmm. And so like it could be totally in fitting with like your story. Right, like, oh, the big bad that the that the PCs have been chasing for a while also has influence in this wasteland, right? Yeah, it could fit in with the story. But it's also like, what if the players just get trapped in, in the in a desert somewhere mm-hmm. and they run into these these things, this stuff that is completely unrelated to like the you know, the king that they're trying to overthrow or whatever back in civilized world quotes. Um so, like, these these archetypes can fit any of your already... You don't need to make new characters necessarily No, this. not necessarily. Mm-hmm. But you can, you know, by knowing your characters, mm-hmm. you can you can kind of, like, assign them into these archetypes. Yes. Um, but the next one, kind of by... Kind of by their nature, they, they, they're they a little more native. They come from it. Mm-hmm. Our, the next archetype, so we have the outsider. Character right. who's trapped, unwilling to comply, and then escapes, setting right. into motion Max. some stuff. That's Max. That's the character of Max. The next one we call the agitator. Who's a character who is from this uncomfortable situation mm-hmm. with a plan to disrupt it. But they need allies to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Like, they've always wanted to disrupt it. They've always wanted to escape. They've always wanted to, like, overthrow yeah. or And get maybe away. they've tried before. Mm-hmm. It didn't work because right. they needed allies, right? So this is your Furiosa. Yeah. Right? Somebody who has lived with, uh, lived in this harsh environment, in this resource scarcity, mm-hmm. you know, under the thumb. Under of, the rule of the bad guy. Of the bad guy. But, like, they hate it. They mm-hmm. don't want to be here. They want to overthrow the status quo. Yeah. Right? That's your Furiosa, right? Like, she... Originally, she was taken, right? But she spent, like... I mean, I think I did the math one time because she was like, it's been, like, 6,000 days Yeah, she counts days mm. later from Plus when she the was, ones like, I captured. And, yeah, the ones she doesn't remember. So which is like a great little years, thing. Yeah. I actually... I love stuff like that in writing mm. when they're, like... They count it out and then, you know internet fan weirdos could be like, oh, let me plot it out yeah. exactly. But then she says, plus mm-hmm. the ones I don't remember. So there's no such thing as accurate timekeeping yeah. in this setting. Right. But it, so like, it's around like 20 years, right? She was taken as, as a, child. a young child and then grew up here, mm-hmm. rose through the ranks to become Imperator. Mm-hmm. And now she's got agency, but she needs some but she wants to. She wants mm-hmm. to tear it down. She wants yeah. to get away. Right, so like that could be you know in terms of your uh, role playing game, like somebody who has backstories, like maybe it's a cult that's like out in the Arctic tundra that's trying to like split mm-hmm. the the world or whatever. Yeah, they got some like yeah, they got some dark Lovecraftian god. They're doing some evil stuff. Whatever. She's grown up 
mm. under that. Right. So like the the player who was off doing whatever, trying to o- overthrow the evil king. Right. They're now back in the tundra and they're like, yeah, I actually grew up in this cult mm. and I got out and now I have to get out again. Mm. So like I definitely need to get the fuck out. But it's gonna take all you guys. We gotta get out together, or something like that, you know. Right. So, an agitator who knows what's going on, mm-hmm. and is is well, they're the the catalyst. They're yeah. the ones who are like, we're getting the. They fuck put out. a plan in motion to yeah. like, hey, we're getting the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. But they need people to come with them. They need people to help them. Yes. Um, the next archetype. So we have the outsider, the agitator. Next archetype we have is captives. Um, And we broke this down into locals who want to resist and escape, but they can't until they're empowered by something Mm -hmm. external, which is, you know, the wives. Morton Joe's wives, right? Um, Precious, Cheeto. I forget the other ones. (laughs) Splendid. That's not, it's not precious. It's splendid Cheeto. Um, and then, fuck, I forget the other ones. Wow. They all have very cool names. And you watch, uh, you can watch Fury Road, you know, four or five times and barely remember anybody's name. Mm-hmm. But if you watch it with subtitles or like, you know, look it up, mm-hmm. they, they wrote some really great, rich, yeah, weird fucking backstory to this and everyone has a badass name yeah even if it's even if it's never said in the uh read the credits just read the credits of the movie read all those fucking names Mm. they're great and like the wives are great they're not forgettable no i can put like faces to their characters yeah they just like like, they don't say their names very often the other three they don't say their names very often yeah but they're all you know awesome so captives people who are you know in whatever like the wives mm. like they're slaves basically they're yeah. slaves to this to this system they have they lack agency and they want to you know they want to go somewhere where they matter they you know we are not things we are not mm. possessions they want to they want to escape this but they can't do it on their own because you know they don't have the know-how they don't know anything outside of this place Mm -hmm. and they don't have the like driving skills or the fighting skills or the magic skills or whatever and so like looking at it in terms of like characters uh player characters could definitely be these people Mm -hmm. um they could also just be ncps that get empowered so like oh um well like uh what was it fuck in in the movie um Max at first is like very um, cautious. He you know takes all the guns. He's yeah, like, he doesn't trust the anybody. Show. And then as it goes on, he trusts them. He gives them you know the the tools to defend themselves and defend you know their their uh, war rig. Yeah. So you know these can be NCPs. They can be player characters. Hmm. But the point is, they... They don't want to be here anymore. They don't want to be there anymore. And they just need, you know, here's a gun. Put a gun in my yeah. hands. They need that push. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, we're going. And they're like, yes, this is what I want. They might not be great at it, mm-hmm. yet, but they're going to figure out what they're good at as as the... As uh, it goes on. Yeah, as the adventure unfolds. Um, and the last one, the last archetype, so outsider, agitator, captives. The last one is the redeemed. And, you know, everyone loves a good redemption story. Right. Everyone loves Zuko. Mm-hmm. Um, a former villain who experiences a change of heart and then comes to oppose the villain and uh, commit wholeheartedly to the player party. In the movie, this is Nux. Um, the war boy. The war boy who, you know, like, All his knows. life, he was, you know, a Morton, told a Morton Joe is a god and, like, mm-hmm. worships him as a god and, like, will do anything... And then has some pivotal moments. Yeah. Where he's like, he's forced to question some stuff. He Mm -hmm. experiences failure. That's usually pretty key to a redemption story. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you have the chance to, to impress your God and you fail Mm -hmm. like shit. And then you question your worth. And then 
he gets shown some kindness. He experiences something outside of chills. you know the universe. That, Even though it's yeah. hot as fucking here, <laughs> I just got chills. I got I got goose flesh because yeah, that's fucking so powerful. Mm-hmm. Is that redemption arc? So like yeah, this could definitely be a player character who real like, kickass, especially around. if this is. Um, Especially if this is a one shot, it's a little trickier to work this in. If you want, um, if you want this to campaign. be part of an ongoing campaign, it's a little mm-hmm. it's a little tricky to be like, oh, one of the player characters is actually a bad guy in this, yeah. and but they're gonna experience their mm-hmm. redemption in this. But mm-hmm. if you're doing a one shot, make one of the player characters start as a bad guy. one of the bad guys and make mm-hmm. them like active in the pursuit, yeah, active in the fighting, mm-hmm. and then you know. They get to experience that change of heart. They get like everyone loves to be a traitor. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves to, you know, switch sides. Everyone, it's it's such high mm-hmm. drama. And I think actually there's a little bit of wiggle room in this one. Uh, the redeemed doesn't have to be actual like part of like the the big bad bads like army or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be a war boy. Mm-hmm. It could be somebody who is just in the party. Like, if you're doing, you know, a continuing campaign here, like, classic example is your fucking warlock, right? They're always on the fringes. They're always, mm-hmm. like, you know, one toe step fucking, away. Yeah. Edgelord warlocks right? who, you know, the, you don't know what their patron's going to ask them to do. Right, who, like, toe that stupid line. But, like, this could be an... Oh, wait, it's not, it's not written. Shout out to Dale Kingsmill mm-hmm. uh, for the warlock pack breaker. Yeah, that's a really uh, cool fucking video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's a pack break. I don't know if she released like a rule set for that. I didn't no, read she anything. just discussed that's it. That's just a cool video yeah. about a fucking cool idea. So in D&D, the paladin has like an oathbreaker sub yeah, subclass right? that you can go into. Dale was like, hey, warlocks could do that too. And so like this could be that moment where their patron is kind of evil and like they're being a dick. And, like, during this redemption arc, they're like, actually, you know what? My patron is evil. That's true. That's pretty true. Uh, so I'm going to break my pact with the warlock. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be tied mm. to the main villain of the story. Because, as we said in the beginning, when we defined what is Fury Road, well, we, like, we summarized mm. and we said it's a Mad Max movie. But we called it a redemption story about mm. desperate people running from their lives, their past, whatever, and turning to confront them. It's, I think, yeah, it's perfectly acceptable for the, like, the Nux archetype in your pen and paper Fury Road to not necessarily be redeemed in turning against Mm -hmm. the main villain, but maybe in turning against something that they were... Right, like the, oh, I'm only in it because this is going to get me closer to power, or, Mm -hmm. like... I'm only in it because, like, uh, I'm evil and this is good gold or whatever, right? Right, right, right. Like, the, maybe there's one character in your party that is just always kind of a dick. Yeah. And, like, he never really helps out, or she never really helps out. Could be either. Uh, he or she never really helps out. They kind of just, like, leave the party in a battle. They're, like, doing their own thing and, like, you know. Another, another person over there is like, oh, I'm dying over here. Help me out. And they're like, nah. Right, maybe that person is the Nux who has this uh, redemption of like, oh, hey, actually, you know, I care about these people, yeah, and now I'm full fledged, you know, team. That's that's the critical thing to this redeemed archetype is Mm -hmm. like they have the moment where like, oh, actually, I do care about this, yeah, and they put that ahead of what they thought they cared about. That's the kind of that's the critical thing. That's way better words than what I said. Um, so that's the four character archetypes and mm-hmm. so the outsider, the agitator, the captives or the redeemed, um, we, we talked about some ways that you could like do a little, you know, mining of character backstory to fit these in to, mm-hmm. to fit your player characters into these archetypes. If you want to do Fury Road as During a, a thing inside of a bigger campaign. Or, you know, you can, like, do character creation and kind of, like, assign these as they go if you want to do just a one-shot. And not all of them need to be player characters. Right. You know, you could have, you could do this, right, 
and you could just have two player characters mm-hmm. and you could still have, you know, them be protecting like, you know, a village, some villagers who are trying to escape an evil overlord, mm-hmm. whatever. Or um, the players could be the captives yeah. and everybody else is, and you know, the outsider, the agitator, the redeemed, they're NPCs. And they're pushing the captives right. to, you know, realize their own agency or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then these, yeah, low-level player characters have to find the things that they're good at, find the ways that they can help, and then they can mm-hmm. stand up to, you know, to the badness. They don't all need to be player characters. You don't need to, you don't need to recast mm-hmm. your party one for one as the cast of mm-hmm. Mad Max Fury Road. But. I think these archetypes are very important to the Fury Road story. Mm-hmm. So you can't really leave any of these out. Yeah. You it's should like, you should have all of this mm-hmm. going on. It just doesn't always need to be perfectly filled right. by I a guess player. It's not really fi- it uh, we talked about it, I mean it was set up differently in the in the Predator one because the Predator, right, was the bad, the big bad in that like we don't really have a section for for the villain of Fury Road, but like you can't really leave out a Morton Joe mm-hmm. or a Morton Joe, you know, type right. the archetype of a Morton Joe. But like um, uh, Rictus, like you don't need a Rictus necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Like, you that don't. Can be you don't out. need all of his henchmen in mm-hmm. exactly their roles. You don't need the Bullet Farmer mm-hmm. and the People Eater. Yeah. Necessarily, um, and you don't need their separate, you know, Warboy factions that they whatever. bring. Yeah. But for the good guys, I, I, I agree. I think you mm. need these four. You need these four one and way a villain. Another. And a villain, yeah. So, once you have all that. So the setting, it's a wasteland. Resource scarce. The players are trapped in it because of the resource scarcity mm. and someone else controls it. We have the character archetypes. You hit all these archetypes. Mm-hmm. Now the story. The story. And we're going to outline the way this is but we are we're really just going to outline it this is basically the plot to the movie because the plot to the movie is pretty uncomplicated Mm -hmm. but this is also you know the stuff uh these are like the main encounters that you need to hit if you're gonna recreate fury road right these are these are like the big confrontation like the big playable moments i guess Right. So you have your daring escape at the start. Mm-hmm. Right. So the party uses a routine event to slip away and then taking something critical because that's what starts the chase. Yeah. Right. So, you know, in Fury Road and spoiler alert, turn off now, go watch Fury yeah, Road. Go, go watch Fury Road. Uh, Why are you then, listening to this? Then probably like, I don't know, get hyped on something because it's dope. But anyways, uh. Then you come back to this. Uh, so Furiosa uses the was it was just supposed to be a, a gasoline run, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're they're doing a fuel run to like trade with the nearby camps. Mm-hmm. They have they have water at the um, they have water at the citadel. They trade it for gas and bullets. So they're just doing a supply run. Mm-hmm. Right, but then Furiosa's like, "Nope, it's my time, baby." We're going off road, and yeah, you're getting away with vital resources. Mm-hmm. And in um, in the movie, that's the wives. That's mm-hmm. the captive characters. Is the they resource. they represent yeah. you know, they represent property in a really fucked up way to Morton Joe. But, you know, they're like, we don't want to be property. We're not things. They mm-hmm. keep saying that. That's their... We are not things. So that's pretty badass. But it's critical. You can't just, like, run away into the desert. Because mm-hmm. if you just ran away into the desert or the jungle or the tundra or whatever, and you didn't have mm-hmm. anything critical, then... then the bad guy would be like, eh, eh they're going to die. They'll die out in the desert. Shit. He doesn't care. Why would he right. waste his mm-hmm. resources... But if you run you. away from the from the magic crystal mine with all the magic crystals, yeah. bad guys like, are going to after you. And the bad guy like needs to grind up a magic crystal every day mm-hmm. to stay alive and maintain his power. Then he can't afford to let you Just get walk. away. Yeah. 
It doesn't matter that you're going to get eaten by yetis out in the tundra. Mm-hmm. He can't allow that because how is he going to get his crystals? He needs to come after you for his crystals. Yeah. So, daring escape, use a routine event to try and slip away, taking something critical to the villain. Right. So, I mean, you know, if you're talking about role playing and roles here, like, we didn't really do this. I guess we're doing it now, though. Like, shot for shot, right? So, Furiosa, she's got, with her war rig, she's got um, trailers. I don't know. Uh, escort vehicles. Escorts, thank you. She's got escort vehicles. Uh, you know, and the captain's like, what are we doing? And she's like, we're going off-road. Yeah, and he's like, all right. Okay, right? That's, that's a, you know, persuasion, charisma, whatever yeah, check. that's right pretty there, great. Right? That guy's like, all right, she's in charge. Mm. I'm not, this is need to know. I don't yeah. get these orders, but I know I'm still supposed to escort this war ring. Mm. So, like, there's, there's where your, like, role-playing and your dice rolls come in. It's like, during the daring escape, how do you get away? Uh, you know, you have to talk through some guards. You gotta, you know, persuade mm-hmm. the big bad to give you the get through a checkpoint or yeah. like cause a distraction. Cause a distraction. You know, set up the the like fuel rig to blow or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So, daring escape. Let a monster out mm-hmm. of its cage. That's a good something. One. Yeah. So, that's the first bit, but then. The pursuit begins, and that's the next bit. Like when they realize uh, the crystals or the, you know, in Fury Road, the wives have been taken. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we need to chase them down. Mm-hmm. So the villain pursues, and this is the, in the movie Fury Road, this is the initial ac- action sequence, and it fucking rips. Um, this is combat. Probably. Yeah. This is this is running. This is also a great opportunity for like um monsters for you to like encounter the dangers like, hey, why don't people go off road? Mm-hmm. Show your players why people oh, don't go off road. Oh, there's a big troll. Like, why do people stay in the ice castle? There's a big there's yeah. a big sandworm, there's a big, you know, ice Whatever. dragon. There's stuff out here. In Fury Road, it's the buzzards. They, mm-hmm. you know, these these scavenger guys immediately as soon as a vehicle is off the you know well guarded highway, they try and take it. Mm-hmm. It's fucking dangerous out there. That's the wasteland shit. Right. So, yeah. Uh, pursuit begins a little combat. Mm-hmm. Right. Set up the scene for the chase. It's like we know we're like the big bad is like we're on to you. We're gonna run you down. Mm-hmm. And then, like, how do you get away at first, right? And, you know, on Fury Road, it's awesome. That big first chase leads into a sandstorm. And, like, that's how they get away from the from the um, horde. Yeah. Right? So, obviously, you got to escape that. So, you know, it's not the climax. It's not where players live and die. Not to say that they can't die there. But, like, that's the first taste of what this is going to take to yeah, escape. you're going to tell them. Then from there, we we move into the bulk of the gameplay, which is, um, you know, a series of chase encounters. Mm-hmm. The bad guys are going to continue to pursue. The player characters are going to experience setbacks, and these must be overcome. And, right. you know, this can occur in any number of ways. And we're going to get into well, yeah, more this specifics. Is the meat. This is the meat, right? Yeah. So we, we got a whole section on this. On what the chase. Right. How, is, how to, like, build a chase, yeah. the big chase. But. Which is why that pursuit, that pursuit is just a little taste. Mm-hmm. Right? And then here's your main course of the chase. Mm-hmm. Right? You got enemies pursuing you at all times, and there will be setbacks. Mm-hmm. And you right. overcome them. This so, is, you know, like you know, flat tires and shit. Out, We're going to yeah. talk more about mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. um, the thing that's not on our outline, but I think we need to mention, oh. because it leads into the last bit of calling the story a, outline. Calling an audible. Calling a quick audible. Um, I think the, uh, the tone, when, when you're in this, like, the big center of in this adventure, when you're in the chase and it's all going on, uh, you need to be grinding the players down. You need to be moving mm. down towards, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, Having them spend their resources. Yeah. 
you need to be moving down towards hopelessness. People are getting wounded. Characters are getting hurt. Um, Their ammo you know, supply is running yeah, out. Yeah, you're running out of fuel. You're right. running out of ammo. Whatever. My, it needs to yeah. be taxing. It needs mm-hmm. to be. It needs to be difficult, and it needs to be ongoing. Because what it's gonna lead to is the the thing that makes Fury Road Fury Road is the turnaround. It's the turnaround. Yeah. The redemption. Yeah, that's yeah. We we totally missed that when we wrote this. Mm-hmm. The, the attrition of the chase. Attrition is perfect, yeah. So the chase is the big central sort of, like, that is the meat. Mm-hmm. I wrote attribution. <laughs> attrition. The attrition. There we go. That's what's punishing in the chase is the attrition. Yeah. It's ongoing for a long time, and it doesn't have to be a long time no, in but... real time, but, like, you know, you can be like, oh, this say, has been going on for weeks. Right. right. This is like, you know, Oregon Trail. Like, you need to hunt for food. Mm-hmm. You die of dysentery. You get sick, whatever. Yeah. Like, bad stuff happens, and it gets harder and harder to continue. That's what leads us to the turnaround. Mm-hmm. The realization that the villain can't be outrun. You must turn and face what's chasing you and claim control from the villain. That's the only solution. Yeah. And that's frustrating because you already spent so long mm-hmm. running. But you're like, this is it, you know. It's no, a really yeah. great scene in the movie when Max is like, "Listen, you could you could drive that way for you know, two hundred days." I promise you, yeah, because they're like, we have food and water for like hundred and eighty days mm-hmm. or whatever, and he's like, "I promise you, hundred and eighty days that way is nothing but salt." But if we go back, mm-hmm. there's water. You might find some sort of uh, redemption. Redemption. Tom doing, Hardy. Doing Tom yeah. Hardy voice. Um, so, I think little, like, players cover your ears or whatever. <laughs> so, if you're game mastering this, do you... How do you, one, like, signpost and, like, signal that running... Keep, keep running is dead. Yeah. Like, that's or, not an option. You know, is a no-go. Yeah, yeah. How do you signal the turn back? And because, like, you know, you don't want to just, like, come out and be like, oh, today's session is going to be Fury Road. Yeah. Right? So how do you let your players know that continuing just running away is not going to Is not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so I think you do it. I mean, you take more. You lift more stuff from the movie. You you have to, like, establish that there's, like, some sort of choke point, some sort of way around. The um, the idea that, like, the fortress has been emptied and they brought all the war boys after you. So if you can get around them and back, you could lock the fortress behind them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you, need to, you need to signpost some of that shit. And then, yeah, like, at some point... I think with like resource management, you need to tell them like, "Hey, you have enough to make it as far. You you have enough to like make it back, but if you keep running, there's nothing more." This is your uh, uh, what do they call that? The point of no return. Point of no return. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, this is you have fuel to turn around now mm. and make it home. Fuel or you know food Crystals or, or yeah, whatever. whatever the fuck it is. Um, but if you keep running, there's nothing. And if you mm-hmm. keep running, eventually they'll catch you. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're if you're hot shit, you'll communicate that all through the attrition mm-hmm. during the chase. But or at find, some point, you might need yeah. to be explicit about it. Yeah, you, know, you can find some. You could find some smarter, some clever ways. Not smarter. Some clever ways of doing that. Like maybe if it is like a post-apocalyptic. Like, I'm thinking kind of in terms of afterlife. Mm. Um, there's a radio broadcast going out. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the whole time. And then, like, if if your team is stacked with all players, right, you don't have any NPCs to... Because, like, this would be a perfect moment for an NPC for the turnaround. Be like, listen, just like Max did. He's like, going that way, find nothing but salt. Mm-hmm. But I got a plan. What if we went back? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So if your player, if your party is all stacked, like with outsider, agitator, captives, redeemed, they're all players. 
maybe you know the radio broadcasts that you've just been listening to every now and then like are all about oh you know the villain you know what but then like somebody from like the citadel gets on the horn it's like it's undefended attack or whatever right? yeah, yeah. you know and you you get this little radio static burst or you know whatever so there's some clever ways to do that. Yeah. The point is... But, uh, like, at some point, you're going to have to signpost it yes. for your players and be like, this is the way back. If the attrition isn't enough to make them realize what they're playing, if they don't realize it's a Fury Road, then game masters, you're going to have to uh, give them a little railroad. Yeah. You know, nobody's... Nobody's upset about a little railroad every now and again. Yeah. I, once in a while, you need to. Talking, talking about my ass. All right. Um, uh, here we go. And last little point before we get into... The meat. The meat of like what's going to define the chase, which is the core of the gameplay. Since it is a role-playing game and not an action movie, you don't necessarily owe your players satisfying resolution. Mm. You don't necessarily owe them a good ending, especially if it's a one-shot. Mm-hmm. They can choose... To just keep going. Yeah. And have a miserable time. Right. Or they can choose to, like, you know, go back and pursue redemption and maybe... Because what the turnaround entails is kind of a repeat of pursuit beginning. Mm -hmm. Is another, you know, like, high-stakes confrontation. But this time, you know, turning around, running back. And it is okay for your players to lose. Yeah. Because it is a pen and paper Mm role-playing game. Even if it's a, you know, a short segment in a larger campaign... You can end up back in the dungeons mm-hmm. and continue from there and do something else. Or you could lose your gear. Yeah, like whatever. You know, oh, you had all this great, you know, weaponry and whatever. Well, you lost the final confrontation in this thing. So, like, you guys walk out of the desert destitute. Yeah. No gold. With nothing. No money. No weapons. Whatever. Right. Right. So, you know, you don't necessarily owe your players the same satisfaction and the same resolution of a screenplay Mm -hmm. but this is the point where it diverges you want to lead them up to this final confrontation whether it goes the way you planned it whether it goes good or bad whether you know they do something unexpected whatever Mm -hmm. that's fine but you want to do everything up to this point to give them the opportunity to take the climax in whatever direction they want to exactly that's a good point all right, so the chase. The chase. The meat of the session. Mm-hmm. This is what, like, you know, Fury Road is, oh, we have a friend who pejoratively calls it just, like, it's just a long car chase. Boo! He doesn't care for it. It's fine. He's wrong, but yeah. that's fine. Everybody boo him. Yeah, everybody boo. Boo. If you don't like Fury Road... Get bent. Um, but yeah. So, what does it entail? What do you need to make this like ongoing chase sequence mm-hmm. that makes up the entire movie or the entire session? What you do you need, need your, to make it happen? You need some transportation. Yeah. Right? You need your mounts. You need your vehicles. Right. So, you know, maybe everyone's on horses. Maybe it's, maybe the party is like, a, you know, you, you're, you're Apaches and you're running from the cavalry because you stole a magic meteor or something. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, that could be Could cool. be anything. Yeah, yeah, it, it could be anything. Could be anything. Maybe you're on horses. Maybe you're on Avatar bird horses. Mm-hmm. Maybe or, you're in a flying ship. Maybe you're in, well, um, I meant like a, you know, a sailing ship that flies, you know, in fantasy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but maybe you're on like actual like motorcycles or, uh, you know, big oil rigs or, mm-hmm. I mean, um, Maybe you're riding a uh, a maker. Maybe you're riding a dune worm, mm-hmm. and they're chasing you in ornithopters. Yeah. Whatever. Point is, you're not just walking. Yeah. You, your you characters got, aren't just, like, walking across the landscape. You got some mode of transportation. You got transportation, and keeping it fed or repaired or fueled or whatever, that is going to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to transport whatever you stole from the villain in the first place mm-hmm. that caused him to chase you. Right, because like that's that's part of that attrition is you're running your horses too far, too fast, 
and so like they're getting lame or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounded that sounded different than I meant it, but like I got the it. equestrian lame, yeah, lame, lame, lame like yeah. a horse, like it yes. you know it breaks its leg, it yes. can't run anymore, or cracks its hoof, yeah. or whatever. So, can't take this, and hopefully there's like a you know a cattle station coming well, up have, where you can like steal some yeah. fresh horses, or you or have something. several horses who haven't carried. Yeah, you a got remounts, pound rider or whatever. Like, like the Mongols yes. who you know, like one warrior rides with five horses mm-hmm. so that they can just keep riding. Yes, so you know that's part of the attrition of the chase is you have vehicles that are critical to your survival. Mm-hmm. And they're what's helping you escape slash transport this critical resource. Yeah. Um, Which means vehicle or like mounted combat. Yeah. Now, the way we've done this and, you know, different systems have different rules for this. But the way we've done it is kind of so like everyone is moving forward Mm -hmm. at relative speeds, which means that like. If you're playing it on a grid or a board or something, one direction becomes forward and everyone is always moving in that direction. And then mm-hmm. difference in speeds, you know, cause characters to get further right. or closer so, to so each like other. So, like, imagine that, like, if you're on the center square of the grid, mm-hmm. you don't actually, you don't move forward because, like, oh, my horse is moving forward. Right. No, the whole grid is moving forward. Yeah. It's relative. The grid is moving under you like a treadmill. Right, yes. The war rig stays stationary at the center. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, motorbikes and assault Speed vehicles. In. Like they, they catch yeah. up and they like get in front. Yeah, they try and, and know, they try and pull ahead yeah. or they try and board guys on the side. Mm-hmm. And like that that uh you can if your system like I I mean I believe D D has that, uh, you know, speed on mounts and whatever. Yeah. Right. So that stuff can become like role based. It's like okay, everybody's moving at you know this certain speed. Yeah. If you're faster than that, you can move like two squares. Yeah, you get to right? move up a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you're slower, you drop you back a square back. at the beginning Unless of you the like round. Push, or and whatever. then yeah, you use an action to like close mm-hmm. the distance, yeah. spend an action to you know spend some speed, whatever. Right. So keeping that in mind, everybody's moving at a relative speed. You can move faster, you can move slower, which is the movement on the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, what we ran into when we did like a vehicle session mm-hmm. is if one person, one player is always driving, mm-hmm. that gets a little boring. Yeah. If one character, we, we did an adventure um, where like the whole party was in a tank and they mm-hmm. had to like cross a section of desert and... They had to dismount and do some other stuff, but they also just, like, did some tank-to-tank combat. Mm. Being the driver sucks. Because all you do is just, like, okay, I... I roll for driving. Yeah, I roll to maneuver the vehicle. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you fail or you succeed, whatever. But basically, it's just, like, it's boring. It sucks. Avoid that. Yeah. If you're going to. Have people, like, swap out real quick. Have a character Mm. be like, oh, I, like, I I jam the steering wheel so Mm. that the... The wheels stay straight, and I lean out and, like, shoot with a machine mm-hmm. gun. And then another character will be like, oh, I grab it when you as a game master say, oh, the thing, mm-hmm. the jam came loose, and you're veering off to the left. Those of you who are familiar with Fury Road, I think, and we didn't include it. You can check my math on that one. It's not math, but whatever. Uh, the war rig is not essential. Like, you don't need one big honking, no. like, vehicle. Yeah, yeah. You could all be on separate horses. Yeah. And you could still be doing mm-hmm. Fury Road. And I would actually argue that that's probably better for right. the role-playing. Which is, yeah. So, like, you don't have to have one big vehicle that, like, oh, well, only one person gets to drive. I would say this, though, maybe you want to. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a sailing ship. Maybe yeah. it's, you know, like Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. type, you know, Age of Sail. Right, but not one person... Make an uh, NPC. Hold on, hold on, at the wait for it. Uh, this ship cannot be sailed by two <laughs> by men. two men. Son, I'm Captain, I'm Captain Jack, Jack Sparrow. Sparrow. Savvy. Yeah, pirates. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, you, you like if you're gonna put them all on like one mobile fortress, mm. maybe make an NPC be the driver. Yeah. 
Let them man the guns. Let them, you know, repel mm. borders. Or, like, a ship is a great example of this. It takes all of them to actually, like, drive it. So, like, oh, we're, I know we're repelling borders right now, but somebody's got to bring in those sheets. Yeah. So, like, somebody's got to do that while we fight. Right. And then next time... So someone will else. do it this turn, mm. and the next turn it'll be something else, and mm. someone else will do it. Yeah. Like, next turn, oh, the helmsman got shot. Someone mm. stabilize our course real quick. Yeah. And someone else at a different part of the boat or war rig or airship or whatever the fuck it is mm. will, you know, take on that role. But you, you know, inflict things like that on them. Yes. So whatever vehicles and whatever you're in, uh, don't make it a single driver scenario. Yeah. That's lame. It's lame for the Because player. the important thing is there's boarding, there's repelling, there's like damage and repair that needs to be done. Yeah. So everybody's got to do a little bit of everything. So yeah, continue every round, continue to like present new challenges to each player. Mm-hmm. Yes. Put that on the yeah. board. New challenges to each player. Oh, like uh, fucking the, the brake lines. Mm. Or the the like the power steering's not responding. Mm. A bullet cut it. Someone crawl under there and try and do repairs. Someone else shoot at those guys. Mm. Someone else, you know, do something else. So like right. keep giving new challenges. Like one to of our everybody. fresh horses got loose and went way yeah. right. You gotta okay. go bring you them peel back. peel off and bring back mm. yeah the the remounts because we mm. can't lose those remounts. Or else we might we're need dead. to you know. Yeah. So. The next thing in the chase is changes in terrain and weather. So, like, everybody's doing a little bit of everything. That's easier when there's changes in terrain and weather, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, there's a... You could even... And, like, I know it's conventional wisdom never split the party. But, like, I think there are some times when splitting the party is acceptable. I think splitting the party... And this is maybe a whole separate yeah, thing yeah, yeah. that we should discuss. But I think the the conventional wisdom of splitting the party is too heavily rooted in the D and D like challenge rating system. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. you know it's bad for you to face legal encounters alone, alone right. because yeah, yeah. they're legal encounters for your party. Yeah. And I think that's all just kind of bullshit because mm-hmm. you know a good game master will just adjust. Yeah, will just adjust what needs to happen because it is yeah. okay sometimes. Mm-hmm. So if you're quick and, you know, can think on your feet, it's fine for the players to split up and mm. be doing different stuff. We should stuff. put that on the other board this way uh, of future episodes. Yeah, of a thing we want to talk about. Because I got some points to say about that. Let's, uh, but, like, let's keep focused. Write that down somewhere. Um, Let me just write that down. Split the fucking party. All right, bets on it. Is he going to spell it right? Just joking. That would only be a bet if it was on me. He spells good. Okay, so also they can't see. Like I could just yeah. lie. Well, I mean, I would, I would, I would lie as well. All right, <laughs> so uh, changes in terrain and weather, right, are great ways to keep everybody engaged. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, if you're on, you know, a, a skyship, you're going through a storm. It gets a little bit weird. Like, now there's, like, you know, weird gusts that push your boat in the drifting direction. There's lightning and, you know, whatever, right? The perfect example of this is straight up from Fury Road, I think. When they, like, when they bottom out in the mud Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, we're looking for high ground. There's high ground up by that thing. He means the tree. Yeah, the, the tree thing. The tree thing. The whole party is out there fucking Tom Hardy... And Furiosa are shooting at pursuit. Mm. Oh no, that's a little earlier. But yeah, um, so like you got you got some of them, mm. you know, guarding the rear, shooting at bad guys, shooting at the scouts who are you know coming up on your tail. You, you got, got everybody pushing. someone driving the vehicle. You got everyone else like pushing and laying boards underneath the tires, and you got someone trying to like secure a chain on the winch. And everyone is working together in different ways to mm. overcome an environmental challenge. Mm. That's the kind of shit you want to give to your party, and you want to always have the pursuit right, right behind there, them, right? Because you can't dilly dally. You can't think it out. You can't be like, okay, well, let's you know, let's take a lunch while this storm passes. Mm-hmm. No, you got to go through the storm. Yeah, the storm is inconvenient mm-hmm. because it makes it hard to like move around in the mud, but you can't stop moving. You need to be running. 
Hmm. Uh, so different types of pursuit vehicles, yeah. which also keeps it interesting. So as well as changes in terrain and mm -hmm. weather, changes in types of pursuit vehicles. Like uh, in Fury Road, they have like motorbikes and polecats and mm -hmm. lances and, you know, all this shit, right? That keeps it interesting because... If it's just like, yeah, there's horseback riders and we can just, you know, take them out with bow shots. Yeah, and we're all Lame. the same on the same playing right. field. You don't want to deal with that. You know, throw a wizarder in there that's like surfing on an ice crystal. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, they're really, really fast. How do we deal with that? Throw a guy who's like, him he, him by himself, he's not very challenging, but he has a pack of like six hunting dogs. Mm. And they're way faster yeah. You know, or uh, some flying guys, you know, a pterodactyl. Mm -hmm. I don't fucking know. I don't know what session, I don't know what setting or yeah. system you're going to be playing in. Right. But, like... Example straight from uh, Fury Road is the the harpoons. Yeah. That they're, you know, and they're setting um, plows down. Right. They're yeah. dragging. Yeah. Vehicles pull up and you're like, oh, there's just pursuit vehicles. They're going to, like, shoot at us. No. Mm -hmm. They hit you with a harpoon and then they drop an anchor out the back of their car. And then their vehicle becomes a drag that you yeah. have to, you know, separate from. Mm -hmm. Make it, you know, make it tasty. You want to be constantly throwing new things at your players. It's just like it's a never-ending series of problems and obstacles mm -hmm. and quick little combats. And everything that they do is going to be costing them a little bit of, you know, it's a little bit of their a, attrition. It's a, yeah, it's it's an attrition thing. And you said it. You said it earlier. Uh, so, like, an overwhelming enemy force, right? Like, you can't stand and fight. You can't wait for the storm to pass. They're always on your heels. You have to keep running. Yeah. That's the last thing we have here. If you stood and fight, if you stood and fought and you were like, oh, we're going to circle the wagons, mm -hmm. you're overrun. You're fucking yeah. dead. You can't do that, and you need to make it clear to your players that they can't. Like, they are fleeing from the might of this mm -hmm. bad guy's Not entire Not until the attrition army. battle is over. Right, so like when everybody's out of resources, then comes the turnaround. Yeah. But if you turn around too early, you're just going to get overrun. Right, you're going to just run back into the teeth of an army. You know, mm -hmm. if you're like, uh, I don't know, a group of like Gaulish warriors, right, and you're running from like a Roman legion, mm -hmm. you can't turn back. No. Like, you can't go back to to put the magic idol back in the cave where it came from. You can't do that until the end when you've spent their resources. Because mm -hmm. if you go back, they'll kick your ass. Yeah. They're you gotta, way, you they, gotta they way outnumber you. You gotta like, you know, take out their their uh, you know, scout teams. You gotta take out uh, mm -hmm. you know, their cavalry. Get them to you gotta drain throw their all their javelins and yeah. use all their like sling ammunition. Mm -hmm. And once it's just like a handful of them left, that's when the turnaround comes. That's when you can get behind them. That's when you can, you know, do a little dipsy doodle. Yeah. Get back around them or blow back through them and then you take control and then you affect, you know, the redemption, the change mm -hmm. that was the whole point of the thing from the beginning. Yes. So, little little winding, little weaving, uh, but... Let's, let's recap from the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick. Um, so we did... So Fury Road is the fourth iteration in Mad Max. Um, it's not uh, a continuation. It's a reboot in the best way. Yeah. Where they just took a lot of badass ideas and were like, this is what it was supposed to be. This is Mad Max. This is just pure Mad mm -hmm. Max. The The story is more of a redemption arc than just like a, you know, shoot them up. Mm -hmm. It's set in a wasteland where resources are scarce. Mm -hmm. And that's very important because... The main characters are trapped, and they try to escape, and the reason they are chased is because they take a resource. Mm -hmm. They take that vital resource. Mm -hmm. You have certain archetypes there. Mm -hmm. We have outsider, agitator, captives, and the redeemed, someone who turns against the established power. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure you hit all of those. But they don't all have to be player characters. Some of them can be NPCs. And in fact, I think we recommend this because... Because then when you get into the story, you're going to need some a little bit of push yeah. from 
if your players don't recognize it, what's going on? Yeah, you, you might need some NPCs right. to deliver story beats. It's also better if an NPC is like a driver or whatever. Yes, that sort of thing. Right, because you know you start with your daring escape. Mm-hmm. Right, like oh, Ratuni event, go gather water, and then you slip out with all the crystals. Yeah, or whatever. Right, then. The Pursuit. bad guy realizes that you took something valuable. He comes after you. They come after you, right? Which is the chase, the meat of the stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're going to be on vehicles or mounts or whatever. You're not just walking, mm-hmm. right? There's That's another resource you have to manage is your transportation, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's fuel, whether it's, like, condition, durability, whatever. You're constantly moving forward. Mm-hmm. You're constantly pursued. And as a game master, you should be constantly, like every round, every turn, even if you can, you should be giving them new problems to solve mm-hmm. using different skills, using different weapons, using different abilities, spells, mm-hmm. whatever. And that chase should be attrition, right? It should be an attrition battle. Every resource they spend is a bonus. Every resource you spend as players is a negative, mm-hmm. right? And you just got to last, you got to drag them out. You got to make them go into overreach, and then comes the turnaround where we're both exhausted from this long chase. Mm-hmm. But you're, you know, brittle here. You're weak here. We can We can you get know, around you. We this. can get back. If we can race you back to the castle, mm-hmm. we can close the gates on you. Yeah. And now your reign of terror is over. Mm-hmm. Also, since it's a role-playing game... It doesn't have to shake out smoothly, especially if it's a one-shot. You don't owe your players a satisfying or, like, mm-hmm. narratively happy mm-hmm. outcome. Failure is a possibility in the role-playing space way it's not in an action movie. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. You could take this, you could really, really build it up, and then at that final moment... They fail. Failure is still a possibility. And Absolutely that possible. is you know, compelling and exciting, mm-hmm. I think. And on the point of compelling, we talked about, uh, you know, changes in weather, changes in terrain, changes in different types of pursuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, keep it interesting by always adding a new, different challenge. So, like, they beat one challenge, okay, that becomes mundane, here's a new one. Mm-hmm. Keep, keep everybody it, engaged. Keep it fresh, keep it dangerous, mm-hmm. and keep it nonstop. Non-stop, yeah. Give, as a game master, give them no, like, glimmer of hope that they could just circle the wagon, stand, and fight. Mm -hmm. No. That should not be an option. They can't do that until everybody is, like, fucking tired and hungry and starving and thirsty. And, like, we can't go on anymore. Yeah. And then that would be a dope-ass Fury Road. And then that's how to Fury Road in your pen and paper role-playing game. So, uh, if you stuck around for that whole time, thank you. Uh, It was a little long-winded, but I think it's pretty fucking cool. Um, If you like that and you want to check out more, check us out at 2hgm.com. We have a forum for feedback. You can email us. You can contact us. We also have uh, Patreon and Twitter links up there. Follow us on Twitter. We're funny. Join us on Help Patreon. Us be a patron, cause like we need it. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, also, another thing to look out for is Afterlife, our original setting and system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coming out in like November. We're pretty much done. We're just putting some finishing touches on it. Mm-hmm. Got some cool artwork. It's uh, post-apocalyptic North America with some like great. You know, retro sci-fi fantasy shit. Mm. We people are saying people are saying that it is great post-apocalyptic fiction. Mm. Folks have said so. You know, you don't want to miss out. Uh, well, how how could you? It doesn't exist yet. Look you don't out want for to miss it. Out We're going to remember. Yeah, like, you don't want to. Be, they could be listening to this in 2025. Oh, that's true. I don't know what year it is, listener. Um, but if you haven't, visit our website. You might find a, you know, 
convenient link to coming to a website near you in November 2022. Yeah. It's it's going to be dope. It's dope. But yes. Well, um join us next time for another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Mhm. Thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of the song Pond Hill's Finest as the intro and outro to our show. And we will see y'all next time. See you next time, honey. <laughs>